This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. UFC 244 was glorious. I hope everyone loved it as much as I did. It was an incredible event. I love the pay-per-view. I loved it before. I love it even more now. Boy, what a, what, just, what a, just, what a, just, oh my God. So I'm doing thing on my computer. If you don't know that, uh, that little jangle jangle was uh, Darren Till's walkout. And if you don't know, now, you know, this is a Darren Till podcast. I love the guy. We went through some hard times, but the guy keeps it real. I love it. I love a fighter that's openly honest, that's emotional, that's this, that's that. His post fights were electric. I'm going to play a little bit of that. We're, we had a lot to talk about, right? I know I shouldn't be talking about Darren Till because that was not the best fight on the card. It was a lousy fight. It wasn't the best fight in the world. Uh, Kelvin fought like complete garbage. I was very nervous for that fight, and Kelvin just fought like shit. Uh, Darren Till fought really smart. He uses size, he uses length, he uses his mobility. He looked bigger and stronger than Kelvin in there and kind of bowled Kevin around. Um, we'll, we'll get into all the fights, but I had to start with my guy, Darren Till. I had to. Not only did he put me over the top and I beat Devin in our little contest that we do on the Pick'em Podcast, I beat him by one point, thanks to Darren Till being the underdog, but I got money. I'm talking monies. If you've been following this uh, podcast, my Instagram, my Twitter, you know I'm ice cold, right? I've been making video selections, just doing, being a little goofy, making video selections, putting them out there in the world. And I take the video selections very seriously. The people I'm picking is not goofy. I fucking think these guys are going to win. And I'm ice cold. Like, I jinx everybody. Every video I've put out in the past three weeks, they've lose, right? Gregory Leps, who's this week, he got fucking smoked by Kevin Lee. I bet on every single fight except the girl fight, uh, the female fight, the girl fight, the female fight. I bet on every fight, right? A couple little bucks here and there, nothing crazy. I went heavy on uh, Gregor Gillespie. He burned me in the ass, right? So the only way I was going to come out whole and make money is if Darren Till won. I put a lot of money on Darren Till to win, and I put a lot of money on the prop that he'd finish because the only way I thought he was going to win is if he, if he caught Kelvin with something crazy, right? And it was like plus 750 odds. So I said, fuck it, do it. And I did it. He obviously didn't get the finish, but he got the win, which means I got the payday, which means I'm very happy. I became a Darren Till fan when he first came to the UFC. I thought it was very interesting. This English guy that's like speaking fluent Portuguese. He trains out of 
uh, Brazil, how to move to Brazil because he was getting in trouble in Liverpool. He got stabbed. I'm like, this is kind of an interesting cat, right? His fighting style was good. I, you know, the Nicholas Darby fight was very entertaining. He had a draw with him. All his fights. And then his cowboy fight was the coming out party. And I bet it on a big in the cowboy fight. He was underdog. He won me big. So if you're going to win me money, you're going to be my guy. And then I really started really loving the guy and following over with him because of every how honest he is. Just it's so refreshing to hear a fighter just talk about, you know, certain things. And, you know, he's he's been ultra confident and he and he and he means it. And then now he's kind of like on the lowest of lows because of what he's been going through in his career with uh, with fighting. So, listen, I, I love the guy so much, but we got a whole mess of UFC 244 to get through. What a card. Love the card. Fucking President of the United States was there. I someone said Bob Kraft was supposed to be there. He wasn't there unless he was in the back getting jerked off by one of the ladies. I didn't see him. But uh man, what an insane card that was. I loved every second of it. I loved every minute of it. I loved it. I loved it. All right. So let's dive in. In this podcast, I'm recording on a Sunday. My bangles didn't play. I, I, I carved out a little free time. My father-in-law just left. We're playing on knocking a wall down in the kitchen. He's scoping it out, so we're we're planning for that. Got a new table in. Wife's taking care of that. I was like, listen, I got to go talk on this microphone for a little bit. I'm jacked up. I didn't go to bed till I know the weird time change fucked everything up, but I didn't go to bed till 3 a.m. last night. And I, I usually go to bed about 10 a.m. Excuse me, 10 p.m. 10 p.m. sharp. Got home about 1, 1.30 and was just, you know, fucking lit up. I couldn't fall asleep. It was, uh, it was magical. I was watching all the post-fight stuff and... Man, it was just it was just really good, just really refreshing. I'm, uh, you know, not only Darren Till and I made money and everything like that, but it was just every fight, top to bottom, besides maybe even the Till fight, which is probably the worst fight in the card. Insane, insane stuff. So we'll go over the things. As you know, if you listen to the Pick'em Podcast, Devin and I we battle head to head. Devin Tejada, good friend of the program, he co-runs the uh, Instagram account with myself, MMA Takes Podcast on Instagram. Go give him a follow at Dev uh, Dev Goes Fishing on Instagram, but. Uh, if you're not following me on Instagram, then, you know, what are you doing? But uh, we go head-to-head every every fight card, at least the last seven or six. This might have been a seven. We were 3-3. Three and three. He jumped up on me 3-0. I roared back and tied it, and this was the tiebreaker right here. I have officially pulled ahead right now. Uh, I am 4-3, and it was because of Dare Till. So we'll go over the fights. I'll tell you who I got, who I got wrong, and uh, we'll do it. So first fight of the night, Holy Arce versus Hakeem Dawadu. I missed most of this fight. I picked Arce as the underdog. Devin picked Dawadu so that he got off to the right foot here. I picked Arce just because he's the underdog. I like the skills. Dawadu's a little, you know, a little shaky at times. I think he's powerful, but kind of plays it safe a little bit. He's kind of more of like a point fighter as opposed to like a killer in there. Arce has some really good skills, but uh, really wasn't sure, really wasn't confident in this fight. Um, but like I said, Arce was a dog, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the dog. Uh, I was at beat-ups picking up wings for uh, whenever my buddy's house, Steve's friend of the program. And uh, B-Dubs gave me an hour and a half wait time for wings. And I went, what the fuck? I guess the BMF uh, sauce is killing it, right? So I ordered at 5, thinking I'm picking up at 5.40. First fight doesn't start till 6.30. They told me 6.50. 6.50 is when I'm going to pick them up. I'm like, all right, fuck it. So I was watching a little bit on my phone, but then I go to B-Dubs early, about 15 minutes early, thinking it's going to be on the screens there. I can watch it while I wait for my food. Wasn't on. Walk right up. No one's there. Ghost town. No one's there. Parking lot. I got the best spot in the parking lot. I go, why is it an hour and a half? Did they have to kill the fucking chickens? What is going on with the? I didn't have a, an obscenely big order. Like, what is happening? And I walk right up, tell them my order. They're like, oh, yeah, sure. Here you go. And I go, 
All right. So you're not busy, and my order was ready when I'm 15 minutes early. What's going on? <laughs> and then I go, oh, you know what? I didn't order the sauce because I think it was dine in, but they did have the bottle. Or at least I saw the bottle that you can buy. So I asked them, I said, hey, you know, can do you have the BMF sauce? Do you have the uh special UFC sauce that I can just buy the buy the bottle? And the, literally the girl looked at me in the eyes and was like, No. Like she had never even heard of it before. And I just was like, All right, well, I'm missing fights. I'm hungry. See ya. You know what I mean? I wanted to keep it on my shelves, my little shelves that got my room because it's a one night only thing it was a, it was a monty monumental night but is what it is so i missed this fight very close fight uh Arce lost a split decision by to Dawadu. probably the right call i did see the third round um but i was stuff in my face with a bunch of wings so uh take it for what you will all right lyman good chase ren counter both devin and i both pick ren counter I can't get right in this guy, right? I've picked against him every time he fucking goes out there and wins. Lyman Good's a solid guy. Uh, you know, I don't have a high opinion on Lyman Good, but with Chance being the underdog and being tough and having a good wrestling background, training with Phil Davis, the guys in the Alliance, I thought cardio and wrestling was going to be a big thing here. Chance really, this became a stand-up fight. Uh, Lyman Good stuffed a couple takedowns. He's a big, strong guy, but, you know, he, he has good takedown offense, but he has been taken down before. I figured Chance would maybe pressure more with the takedowns and it became a stand-up fight and then chance just got fucking his nose obliterated got finished i believe in the third round maybe second round uh it was lyman's good fight from the beginning i had this fight obviously so back-to-back underdog losses for me uh devin and i both picked this fight we both picked chance um it is what it is all right next up you had um yeah you had uh jennifer myers caitlin chukagian the only female fight on the card the only fight I didn't bet on this card, I I needed to get out of my hole that I was in, and, and I went, I didn't, I avoided this fight only because Maya lost weight. I like the underdog. I picked Maya, so did Devin. Both picked Maya. This is just a typical Chigagian fight. You know, she's gonna she's gonna go out there and she's gonna pepper you with strikes and she's gonna make those noises like you know female tennis players and ha ah, ah. she's gonna do all that shit. But uh, you know, you know, she was saying she sat down on her punches. I didn't really see it. Maya, you know. It was a scrappy fight, but Chikagian won. I just, it's hard to bet for Chikagian. I don't like her style. I like that she's calling for Shevchenko, even though Shevchenko would eat her alive. I do like that she's calling for Chichenko, but, you know, there's no many people for Shevchenko to fight. So I guess give her Chikagian and, and just shut her up already. But I've never been overly impressed with her skills. Am I a hater? Eh, maybe. I don't know, but I've never been impressed with her skills. So I took Maya. Obviously, uh, didn't win that one. All right, next up, Andre Olovsky versus Jairzino Rosenstruck. Andre Olovsky, I said on the podcast, had it been knocked out in three years. Uh, all his losses came by split decision. He or, or decision, excuse me. He's uh, really reformed himself and really revamped himself down American Top Team. I believe him and Masvidal have the same boxing coach, or or they they, they you know they train obviously they train on the same team, but I think they have similar coaches. And uh, Devin kind of, I listened back to it back. Devin really liked Andre Olosky, and I'm licking my chops thinking this dude's going to take Olosky because I was all over Jairzino, and he didn't. He took uh, Jairzino, which is a smart thing. Jairzino, just strong, big, powerful dude. He he, he stuttered. He fucking jabbed. He knocked Alan Carter with the jab his last fight. He jabbed Olosky, and Olosky stuttered back like, what the fuck just hit me? Did he jab me or did he hit me with a fucking brick? What was that? Dude's powerful. His striking's good. He you know comes from a kickboxing background. If you're going to fight this guy, you're going to have to figure out a way to get him to the ground. He, he He's just a powerful man. He's got big, big boxing, you know, big, big hands, big, big kicks. And he knocked Arlovsky out, you know, put him right on his fucking face. 
And um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised by that. I, I, I wish I would have bet heavier on Jarazino. I did bet the prop first round knockout. So I got that a little bit. I got that in my pocket. You know what I mean? Scrooge McDuck in it, spitting out the coins. That's me spitting out the coins right there. Um, so yeah, I mean, this kid's, I mean, he's still young in his career. Heavyweight division is interesting. But, you know, if Greg Hardy this weekend coming up in, in Russia, if Greg Hardy decides to beat Volkov, why not, why not, why not Jerzino Greg Hardy? Yeah? Why not Jerzino Greg Hardy? That's what I want to see. I want to see Greg Hardy get put on a ESPN card, co-main event, because you know he's he's going to fight co-main event or may even fucking main event. Put him in there against Jerzino. Put him in there against someone who can lay him the fuck out. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. I want to see Greg Hardy get knocked the fuck out. That's the only reason I watch him fight. They watch him get knocked the fuck out. Derek Lewis kind of called him out. We'll get to the Derek Lewis fight later. Derek Lewis called him out a little bit. Uh, was called, I would love that fight too. That's a big high profile. That would be a main event because of Derek Lewis. Um, but yeah, Devin and I both had Jerzino in this. He looked fantastic. I, I really like his prospects at heavyweight. Uh, next up, you had Brad Tavares versus Edmund Shabazian. Whoa! Let me... Edmund Shabazian, a guy, a, another guy who I kind of shit on a little bit. I flirted with the idea of taking Tavares as the underdog here. <sighs> Tavares is such a good benchmark for everybody at 185. I mean, Israel Asanya got the benchmark test. It went five rounds with him. Shabazian comes out, lays a one-two, a beautiful straight, straight, straight right hand, can't talk, puts... Tavares down, and then he's a killer. He's a young 21-year-old fucking finisher. He's a fucking killer, man. He goes through the neck. He goes through your head. Killer. I have a little prejudice against Shabazzian because of who he trains with. Edmund Tavarian is never going to be a guy I respect or like. And that's 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 uh that's Edmund's uh you know, that's his coach. You know, that's his, you know, that Riverdale, Glendale, whatever it is, uh, California. I think he's managed by Ron Rousey, but he looks fantastic. I mean, he's a killer. He's got powerful hands. And he's really good on the ground. The only blemish, and it's not even a blemish because he's undefeated, but the only fight where he looked really, you know, average was the Darren Stewart fight because he gassed and he just decided to wrestle the whole time. But he went through that war. You know, Darren Stewart is uh, is a guy I would like to see that rematch a little bit. Darren Stewart obviously looks like he got his cardio fixed up. I don't know if that would benefit Shabazian since he's already beat him, but I can see that rematch happening down the road if Shabazian keeps rising and Stewart keeps winning. But, uh, Man, I'm impressed with this kid. I I, I put very little money on Shabazian, and I wish I would have put more. I was even flirting, picking him on the podcast and at the sportsbook betting uh, Tavares. Good thing I didn't. But, uh, yeah, that's a good benchmark right there. And, and fucking Shabazian went through him like fucking butter, man. It was impressive. Shabazian is a dude to look out for. 21 years old. He's good to stumble. 21 years old. He is talented, but that's a, that's a shark-infested division. He will stumble. Um, and I think it will make him a better fighter. And it really depends on who he's going to stumble against. The UFC has been really smart with who they rush out. They played it cool with Israel Asanya. They've kind of played it cool with Paulo Costa. Edmund, obviously, is not cracking top 10 or anything. But, you know, got, let me look up. who I'm going to play matchmaker for a second here. This, is a, this, is un, uh, this isn't planned or anything like that. But I'm going to go to the UFC's website. I'm going to look at the rankings at, uh, at one. Come on. I don't care about your... I don't want to win a trip. I'm going to look at the rankings of 185 because I can't think of anybody off the top of my head besides my guy. Israel. Okay. So top 10 guys. All right. So Edmund Shabazzian was 12, or excuse me, he was 13, right? Brad Tavares was 11. Obviously, he's going to leapfrog Tavares. Uh, leapfrog, leapfrog Tavares. 
So the top 10, you got Uriah Hall, Ina Hines, uh, Derek Brunson, uh, Jacare, Jacker Manson, Jarrett, Kelvin, Yoel, Paulo, Robert. Uh, Paulo's number one. Robert should drop. Yoel's number two. Kelvin's dropping. Jarrett Kinnanier should be four. Hermanson drops. Uh, Jock Ray can probably stay the same. Derek Brunson being in the top eight is crazy. I think, I mean, there it is. That's the answer. Edmund Shabazian versus Derek Brunson is the fight you make next. Maybe even Ian Heiner's fight. Ian Heinish, I think, has a loss at 185 in the UFC. Um, off the top of my head, I can't remember. But Edmund Shabazian is going to be in the top 10 by the uh, by after this weekend, after his performance. And, and, and a Derek Brunson fight it gives me a lot of appetite. It really shows me uh, what's going to happen with this kid. You, you could give him another guy that's dangerous that... It's been in the top 10. That's outside the top 10, top 15, you know, whatever, and make him look good again. Then really, really rush him up there. But a Derek Brunson fight, uh, I like that. That's a good matchmaking by me. I think the UFC should hire me for matchmaking. All right, next up, Shane Burgos versus Muckman. Amir Khani. Uh, I took a run at Amir Khani at plus, plus 200. Uh, he was like 205. Uh, Devin got Burgos on this one. I got Amir Khani. Uh, Burgos looked great. Big, strong, cardio on fleek is what the kids say. The kids say that? I don't know. I'm old. Uh, Amir Khani looked great in the first round. He manhandled Burgos, and Burgos kind of just let him do it, and he knew he'd fucking slow down. He knew Amir Khani gasses in almost every one of his fights. He used a lot of energy in that first round, could not get him out of there with the chokes. Second, third round, he just gassed. Burgos working the body, working on top, and and he's a big, strong, powerful boxer, and, and Burgos looked really good. I'm surprised. He's 8-1 in the UFC, only one loss to Calvin Cater. That's, that's an impressive stuff. This guy needs a little bit... Jump up in competition now. He's the biggest favorite on the card, I believe. He closed at the biggest favorite at minus 245. I hated it. I hated it. He was the favorite there. Amir Khani is a talented guy. And at 205, I'm going to take that stab. I didn't put a ton of money on Amir Khani, and I'm glad I didn't. I thought about it. But uh, Devin got that one over me, and uh, it was a fantastic fight. Burgos needs to fight someone in the top 10, top 8 now, because I think that's where he's at. Calvin Cater, who knocked him out is getting Zabib headlining in Russia. Burgos is right there, right? That was a very competitive fight with Calvin Catered. Burgos is right there. So let's get Burgos, you know, one of these elite guys or top elite guys and see what he does. I would love a Petroyan fight. Or that's at 35, excuse me. Uh, wait, right? What is Petroyan? Am I am I crazy? Am I taking credit? I know he's fighting your right favor, but is he, you know, he's 35. What am I, what am I thinking? Oh, thank you, Brian. All right, here we go. Yeah, so he's Bantamweight. Yeah, Petrion. Okay, so at 145 for Mr. Burgos, who's ranked 12. Kevin Cater's ranked 11. Josh Emmett would be a banger. Renato McConnell would be a banger. Korean Zombie would be a banger. I mean, Frank Yeager would be would be nice, who's ranked at four. Jose's dropping 35. Ortega's fighting Korean Zombie. I mean, there's some there's some matchups for uh, Burgos there, and, and I, I like Burgos a lot. I think he's very, very talented, and... Uh, wouldn't be surprised if him and Calvin Cater run it back three times. They do a trilogy, right? Uh, Calvin gets a shot or Burgos gets a shot. You know, they're going to meet up again because that was a early clash and early careers, and they're both cracking the top 10 at uh, at Featherweight. And that's uh, that's a, that's something you got to want. You want to keep a little eye on here. Keep a little eye on here. All right, next up, Corey Anderson versus Johnny Walker. Both Dev and I had Johnny Walker. Man, uh, when this fight initially got announced, I leaned. I lean Anderson a little bit. I'm not just saying that to be Mr. Cool Guy, blah, 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 because it doesn't matter because I had Johnny Walker three ways. I betted him three ways, and I picked him. So my early impressions mean nothing. I'm just being honest with you. I thought Corey would give him fits because of the wrestling. I thought Corey, uh, I thought Johnny Walker, um, I haven't been sold on the guy. I said that on the podcast. It was it's, it's like this John Jones thing. When John Jones came in, I wasn't sold on the guy. I thought he was a little too raw. 
Johnny Walker's a little different because he, he has a lot more fights in, than John Jones, but his three losses, two of them are by, by TKO, right? Two of his three losses. Now, three of his four have been by TKO knockout stoppage. So I was worried about his chin a little bit. And, you know, that's why I picked Clear Roundtree in the debut because Clear Roundtree hit so fucking hard. He destroyed Clear Roundtree. He, Justin Ledette, that's, you know, sorry, Justin Ledette, but he, I mean, who cares, right? That was, that's what it was. Misha Serkinov, not a big, powerful striker, really good on the ground and just caught a knee. Johnny Walker's very explosive, but Corey Anderson, my initial thought process was this guy's going to come for him. His boxing's okay. It's nothing crazy. He's not powerful, but it's pressure. Pressure, pressure, pressure. I want to see Johnny Walker in a later rounds. I want to see Johnny Walker go three rounds and, and see how he handles wrestlers, see how he handles grapplers. He did his training camp in Moscow. He trained with a bunch of Sambo guys. Corey did grab a leg, did try to get a takedown. Uh, Johnny did pretty well breaking it up, you know, and then that's what I thought of later on when I really broke down the fight as I thought Johnny Walker is incredibly athletic. He probably hopefully knows that Corey Anderson's only way to beat him at the time was to take him down. So then, uh, you know, they're striking and, and, and Johnny Walker, see this happened with Joanna in the Rose fight. And I know this isn't as big as stakes as that, but Johnny Walker's demeanor, I know he's kind of goofy and he's laughing, he's joking, but I think it was like a little too much this week, right? I like a fighter that's confident, and I, but I also want to see a fighter that's a little serious too. And he just seemed a little too loose for me, right? It seemed like he wasn't worrying about anything. He trained in Russia. In his mind, he goes, this guy's not taking me down. These fucking big Russian dudes aren't taking me down. This guy's not taking me down. He's the, My cardio is insane. He's not going to get me tired. But, you know, I mean, Johnny, uh, excuse me, Corey Anderson landed overhand right and then the left hook put Walker down and then became a killer, became that angry dude that we've seen the past couple weeks. You know, he's angry at the UFC. He's angry he hasn't got a title shot. He's beating all the be- all the good people. And he fucking took it out on Johnny Walker and fucked Johnny Walker up. I mean, Johnny Walker was on roller skates for like 30 seconds and they finally stepped in. It was a good stoppage, I thought. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, the hype train threw out the fucking tracks. And, um is what it is. You see that a lot in the UFC. I just don't love a guy that comes in that's already been knocked out at least twice in the UFC, right? Cody Garbrandt got knocked out as an amateur, and then he came to the UFC, and that kind of is always in the back of my mind. I picked against him against Almeida. I picked against him against Cruz. He you know, proved me wrong in those fights, but now you're seeing that kind of not intelligent fighting, and his chin isn't what it should be for the way he wants to fight. You want to put your bite on your mouthpiece and start throwing hands? Fine. Well, you got to have a chin to back it up. Corey or Cody has proved not to. Same thing with Johnny Walker. He's proven not to have the best chin. Getting knocked out outside the UFC and now getting knocked out in the UFC against a guy who isn't particularly the most heavy-handed guy. I mean, these guys weigh 205 pounds, probably 220 on fight night. They hit hard, right? They're going to hit hard. But Corey Anderson's not an elite boxer. He doesn't have a ton of knockout finishes, if any. So a little disappointing by Johnny Walker. I had him three ways. I had him in my FanDuel parlay. I threw him in another parlay at work, or excuse me, at the sports book, just because it was like a five dollar. I had five dollars left. I'm like, fuck it. Who are my guys that I think are gonna be locks? And then I got him single. I singled him out, straight wagered on him. So I lost him three ways. So I'm very devastated by that. But I kind of like that. I was. I wish Ohio, because you know I live in Ohio. Indiana has the sports betting. I'm not gonna drive to Indiana every fucking time. I get a feeling. But during the walkout, I looked at my buddy. I said, I think Johnny Walker's fucked here. If Ohio had betting, which hopefully it comes next spring. I would hammer, I would, I would hedge my bets and hammer Corey Anderson. I just got the feeling. Get the feeling. All right. So that was a, an interesting fight for 205. I don't know what's gonna happen with Corey Anderson. John Jones could be next. Dominic Reyes could be next. Who knows? 
Uh, next up, you have Kevin Lee versus Gregor Gillespie. Man, I don't know what this. I don't know what to say about this. <laughs> I don't know what to say about this fight, guys. All right, so if you're a fan of mine and you listen to the show, I'm assuming you follow me on all social media. You saw I made a video. I put it out Saturday about how you got to hammer Gregor Gillespie. And um, I hammered Gregor Gillespie. I had him in no parlays. I straight wagered him. The biggest bet of the night was on Gregor Gillespie. He was my lock of the night. So not only am I giving you guys video picks, but I'm giving you video picks and I'm uh, I'm actually taking my own advice and betting who I'm picking. Because like I said, it's not like I'm throwing out a fucking dartboard here. I'm really breaking down these fights. Kevin Lee has trouble making 155, has had cardio issues. Yes, he went with the, with Faraz. Yes, he's a very talented fighter. Um, he has shown to be hittable, and he has shown that he can give up those takedowns, right? Good on the ground. Good takedowns himself. Big guy for 55. Uh, Gillespie's a little undersized. I think that's why his cardio is so good at 55. He doesn't cut a ton of weight. Um, and Gregor's wrestling credentials are through the roof, and I thought his stand-up has looked really good. Uh, he went for one kind of takedown, but not really. And then he just decided to stand up with Kevin Lee the whole time. They were trading jabs, trading right hands and, uh, Gregor looked comfortable. And then Kevin Lee landed a right hand high kick and fucking it looked like Greg Gillespie was put in a coffin. Like he fell against the cage, arm stiff to his side, stiff as a board. And it was an insane knockout. And I was stunned. I couldn't even enjoy the knockout cause I was stunned. Right. Kevin Lee, a very talented guy. A lot of people I respect, a lot of people I listen to like Kevin Lee as the underdog here, and I ignored it. I was all over Gregor Lepsby. I thought, you know, the argument was Kevin Lee has fought better competition. I thought Gregor Lepsby is going to be above that competition in his career. He's that talented. And, uh, you know, he got he got rattled in there. You know, it was a very even fight. Gregor didn't wrestle like I thought he would. He only threatened one kind of takedown, and but I think it was more to keep Kevin Lee guessing. Maybe the game plan was to stand up a little bit. They're, both their jabs look really good. Gregor looks a little... Um, he didn't move his head as much on the right hand. He was hittable in there. He got shot. He got hit with quite a few shots before the knockout. Um, he's quick. He's fast. Good jab. Not the best kicks in the world. Kevin Lee was throwing some kicks. A lot of it was stand up, and then Kevin started mixing his kicks in there. Um, so... With Gregor moving forward, I think, you know, hopefully this is just like a wake-up call where he knows now, okay, you know, I, I can get knocked out. That's my first time losing in MMA, and it was by knockout. Take some time off because it was a big, devastating knockout and uh, get back to, you know, grinding. Like, this hopefully wakes him up. I mean, some of the best fighters in the world has suffered early knockout losses and went on to win the title. So it's not the end of the world. He's 13-0 or 13-1 in MMA. That's his only 14th fight. He has a good wrestling pedigree, so he's still a very tough matchup for a lot of guys in there. Uh, work on the defensive skills a little bit because you didn't move his he didn't move his head a lot on those punches. Um, he kind of stood there and he wanted to throw his shots, but he didn't want to get out of the way. You know, you can do one thing, but you also got to do the other. And 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 he paid for it. And uh, hats off to Kevin Lee again, a guy I don't like particularly love and root for, but uh, he had a huge fucking mound of pus on his chest. He had a staph infection, I'm assuming. So when they walked out, I was even more confident in my pick because I thought he would slow down even more with the staff. But he was humble in post-fight. He wants to fight again. He wants to fight as soon as possible. He thanked Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan said you might need to get a different look. He left Vegas, went to Montreal, 
And, um, you know, good for Kevin Lee. You know what I mean? That's what I got to say. I mean, I mean, the guy's an elite fighter at 155. I didn't like him at 170. Elite guy at 155. He's marketable. He's good looking. He's personable. Um, yeah. So as long as he keeps working the way he does it and doesn't get his head about him, and, you know, he's going to be trouble out there for a lot of people because I think he's very talented. But <sighs> just another video pick that I got wrong. Three in a row now, guys. I mean, if you're if, if you're not keeping count and you're just taking my video picks and you're listening to this, that's fine. But uh, oh, I'm keeping a count. Back to back, back to back to back to back to back back. All right, I need a rebound. I'm gonna do one this week. Fuck it, right? I'm I'm not gonna just shy away from it. My my instinct is to never do it again, so I never look like an idiot again. But also, it's like you know what? This is MMA. It's a really really tough fight to make money on betting. It's a really tough sport to win money on betting i said i think i said fight just a second ago my mind's all wrapped up right now because i'm just so mad that i did that i was so confident in gregory lepsey if i had more money i would have put more money in gregory lepsey I, I obviously bet every fight on the car besides one so i want to spread the money out but i there was a thought of me that said take your entire cash that you brought with you and fucking throw it all in gregor just one fight. And I go, no, it's a big UFC. I want, I want to spread it out. <sighs> Where, what, what are we going to do? All right, Blagoy. Blagoy. My guy, Blagoy Ivanov versus, um, by the way, Devin and I both have Gregor. I don't know if you, if, uh, if I said that. Blagoy Ivanov versus Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis, small underdog. Devin and I both picked Blagoy. At the sports book on Friday, the guy I work with who I've given him Three bad picks now. Two bad picks. I think he's 0 for 2 on my picks. Max Griffin, Deron Wynn. I gave him Blagoy Ivanov. And uh, I can't win these close split decisions. Now, do I think he won the fight? I mean, I don't think it was a robbery by any means. I told, I knew when it went to the judges, Derek Lewis was going to get it. He lost a split, or Derek Lewis won a split decision. Derek Lewis looked really good. Didn't gas. Worked his stamina really good. Explodes really well. He's a big, powerful guy. Blagoy fucking took every shot. Um, every shot that Derek Lewis gave him didn't really hurt him, didn't really stun him. The dude's insanely tough. I mean, when your name's Blagoy and you're from Bulgaria and you're not tough and you got two fucking belly buttons, you know, or Derek Lewis calls this a booty hole, and you've been stabbed in the fucking heart and probably pulled a knife out, went and had dinner, then took yourself to the hospital, like you're 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 you can take a shot. You're tough. Uh Blagoy should have wrestled more in this fight. Blagoy, that's just how he kind of fights. He's very slow and plotting. Moving forward, doesn't throw a lot of action. It's kind of what he did against Junior Santos as well. Where Derek Lewis, more volumes, the better. Derek Lewis likes to counter. He likes to explode with that right hand. He likes to, you know, blow you into the cage and then, and then throw his shots. Blagoy could have done more. Whenever Blagoy wanted to fight to the ground, he took it to the ground. He could, he got several takedowns in this fight. That's what made the fight pretty close. He had a key lock submission. Derek Lewis exploded out of it twice. He had a, a couple times he had a decent uh, decent choke on him and, you know, w- or was setting up a choke and kind of gave up on it. I think he had a front choke at the end of the second round that he couldn't finish because the time ran out. So very close fight. Uh, it's unfortunate. That, I mean, obviously, I bet Bulgoy. I had him two ways. I had him in a parlay with Walker. So the parlay was already dead by the time it got to this fight, but I did have him straight up. And, uh, you know, I'm 0 for 3 on giving my buddy picks. I'm not, I told him, you know, anytime you ask me to bet fighting now, just go the opposite. Just fade me. I, I've never... I've been cold, you know, before, but I've never been this cold where like I can't get fights right. Um, and it's 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 starting to wear on me a little bit mentally. Okay. I'm not gonna lie to you boys, I'm starting to fucking lose it. But 
My guy, Darren Till, dug me out of that a little bit. Okay, next up, Stephen Thompson versus Vincent, Vincente Luque. This was my lock of the night. Uh, Devin's underdog lock of the night was Maya, so he didn't get extra points for that. This was my lock of the night. Uh, I thought um, Stephen Thompson was going to get a finish, was going to get a uh, decision win, which he did. Vincente Luque looks so tough, though, right? Stephen Thompson took some big shots in the first round. Looked like he took a minute to kind of find out what he wanted to do. Um, if you're going to beat Steven Thompson, you're going to have to go forward and you're going to throw your right hand. He sent, he switches stances, but he stands south pole because he likes that front kick, but also he's open to a, a straight right hand. Luke was doing that in the first round. Luke looked really good in the first round. He took some shots himself, but he looked really good. He, he rattled Thompson a little bit in that fight, marked him up or in that round, excuse me. And then second, third round, Thompson started to be more active, start switching stances more, start throwing more kicks. And uh, start tagging Luke up, and Luke's offense starts uh, offense start to slowly dwindle a little bit. And then Stephen Thompson just picked him apart, almost finished him, sat him down in that third round, almost got him out of there, but didn't. Looked fantastic, one fight of the night. I know Stephen Thompson's thirty seven. I know he got knocked out by Anthony Pettis last uh, last time out, uh, however many months ago. But this is a real dude at one seventy. I mean, he's beat. He's got a win over a lot of talented guys at one seventy. Don't sleep on this dude. This dude's gonna. Maybe get one or two fights. If he looks impressive, he's back He's back up in the mix. You know, I'm not really sure what they have him ranked right now. I mean, I got the rankings in front of me. Well, they got you ranked, Steven. All right, so Steven Thompson's ranked ninth. Santiago Ponsonibo is ranked right above him. I think that'd be a great fight. Damian Maya would be a really interesting fight for Steven Thompson as well. Rafael Dos Anjos would be a very interesting fight. Leon Edwards, who's ranked four, would be an interesting fight. Leon Edwards seems like he's not fighting unless it's four some kind of championship. Um, you know, so all those at 170 are very, very interesting. I mean, Askren even maybe, Robbie Lawler maybe. Um, there's a lot of fights for Steven Thompson to make, for them to make at, uh, at that fight. He looked very impressive is what I'm trying to say. Devin and I both had Thompson. I got an extra point for the lock of the night. All right, next up, Darren Till. Oh boy, the Scalza against Kelvin Gaslam. This was Devin's lock of the night. He picked Kelvin Gaslam to knock out Darren Till, that obviously didn't happen. Darren Till was a plus 160. I actually got him close to a plus 190 when I gambled, when I bet on him. Um, man, listen, not the best fight. We've already addressed it in the beginning of the show. Not the best fight. Devin was very upset with the fight. He thinks the fight shouldn't count. It was that bad. I don't think it was that bad. Kelvin didn't do a lot. Darren moved a lot. A couple of the things I really liked. Kelvin Gaslam, not the biggest 185er, but he's strong. and He's a good wrestler. When they clinched up, Darren Till was clearly the stronger guy. Neither guy gassed. Darren Till landed some really good straight right hands. I'm um, excuse me, straight left hands, some decent kicks. They both were kicking each other's legs. Darren Till was getting off some kicks early, kind of abandoned that for whatever reason. Um, Darren Till maybe got hit like once or twice, didn't get hit a lot, moved really well and picked him apart. I think it was a very smart performance after coming off two knockout losses. Kelvin Gassum, I thought, should have maybe stepped on the gas a little more pressured a little more you're coming off one of the, the fight of the year essentially uh, against the best 85 in the world you look fantastic in that fight i thought kelvin would maybe come out and make a statement like i you know what if cost is out till april i can step in and fight izzy in january i'm fucking ready i almost beat him before i'm gonna beat him again you know what i mean there's a whole promo there but kelvin didn't really you know come out of his shell he took till shots very well i don't know if the leg kicks were bottom or not but if the fight's on anybody being boring, it's Kelvin Gaslam. And I'm not saying that because I'm a, I'm a Darren Till stand, which I am. But Kelvin Gaslam, I mean, how many times did he throw his left hand? How many times did he come forward? He didn't go for one. I think he went for one takedown and got shrugged off. And then he got kind of thrown to, thrown to the ground by Till on a Till takedown attempt, just being just the, Till being the bigger, stronger guy. But 
The one thing that went away from this fight, besides Darren Till's very meticulous performance, was a judge. And I didn't hear his name. I got to go back and watch it. There was a judge, a professional judge who was paid and is who allowed to judge MMA fights, gave that fight 30 27 to Kelvin Gaslam. Just let that sit with you for a second there. If you watched the fight and you thought Gaslam won, you're probably going to say Gaslam won 29 28. I have, no, I have no argument with that. If you thought Gaslam won because it was not a lot of action, you thought Kel- Kelvin was moving forward more and all that stuff, maybe did a little more in the clinch, in your opinion, that's fine, right? I can understand that. But if you're a Kelvin Gaslam fan, you're sitting there and you're upset that your guy lost, fine. But there's no way you're saying 30-27. There's not a chance in hell you're the biggest Kelvin Gaslam fan in the world and you're saying he won that fight 30-27. No chance. Whoever that judge was should be fired and then set on fire. That is crazy. That's some boxing shit. That's some crooked ass corrupt boxing stuff. And I, and if you know the name of the judge, if you remember when they, you know, the Cecil Peoples or whoever the fuck it was, let me know, please. Because I'm not going to threaten the guy, you know, on the podcast, but. You almost cost me money, bud. And you're a corrupt fraud. Losing my voice. All right. Main event time. The BMF title. Boy, 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 boy. Devin and I split on this. Devin, Devin got Masvidal. I picked Nate. He was my lock of the night. I thought he win by decision. I did bet Nate. Um, so there was Devin's three points. And like I said, I got an extra two from my, for my lock. And I got an extra two from Darren Till. And that uh, <clears throat> that sealed it, uh, sealed it up for me, boys. Got one the week for three. I went four and eight on the card though. So horrible card, but I made money. So, you know, it is what it is. You never know in this game. You never know in this fucking game. Main event time. Don't even need the paper. I know what exactly what happened. Uh, incredible. Incredible main event. Nate Diaz, so tough. Jorge Masvidal, a gamer. Love the entrances. Love the, you know, Jorge faked of knee in the beginning. They both kind of laughed. Jorge dominated though. Let's not the, let's not the narrative be the cuts that Nate that Nate got Jorge maybe definitely 10 eight first round maybe a 10 eight second round definitely won all three rounds now it's a, just a discussion was it a 10 eight I would give him a 10 eight in the first round I might have to rewatch the second round again but 10 eight first round he almost got him out of there and I was like no I like not only because I I kind of was rooting for Masvidal but I didn't want the fight to be over that quick I wanted to, to keep going but uh, Jorge Masvidal, just, he's an animal in there. He looked great. I was worried about the cardio. He looked good, even at the start of the fourth round. Uh, Nate's obviously never going to get tired, and Nate kind of said in the post-fight, like, I was just getting going. Yeah, I mean, that's just some you know machismo sportsman stuff. You were getting cracked and rocked, and you got you know dropped and cut, and then you fucking got your uh, you got rocked a few times with some hard right hands. He took some shots, so Nate showed some fucking a chin. He took some shots. Masvidal? Didn't have much of a mark on his face. Had a little bit on his eye. Nate landed some some good punches, but <clears throat> nothing crazy. Um, Nate went, you know, clenched and stuff, but Jorge's so tough to take down. And he's kind of stronger in those positions. Got out of those positions. They went on the ground a little bit and had a nice little scramble and nothing, you know, no one got caught with anything. And, you know, they're both gamers. They're both bad motherfuckers. That's what it is. I'm glad Jorge won. I'm glad George won because I think he has a better shot of beating Colby and, and Usman. Usman would just take Nate down. Too big, too strong, right? 
Um, Colby would kind of do the same thing, even though I think Colby Nate would be in an in, in interesting fight, amazing fight. George, Jorge, whatever, whatever you want to say, Masvidal would, you know, he's hard to take down. He matches up really well with those guys at 170, and he goes out there and he says he wants that. He wants to collect all the belts. I like people like that. I like guys who, are, who, who want that. Nate's too cool for a belt. Nate's like, I don't need a belt. I already got a belt. You know what I mean? Like, that's what he says. Um, there was talks about running it back. Um, as far as the cut goes, there's two cuts. I Listen, New York's New York, right? We all know that. New York Commission's very, you know, it is what it is. Um, everyone's comparing it to the Tyson Fury cut to this cut, right? Tyson Fury's cut required... 30-something stitches, they didn't stop the fight. Uh, you know, I personally wouldn't have stopped the fight on the cut, right? The cut was bad, right? The cut that Nate had was bad. Both of them were. He had one below his eye and one above his eye. But the cut man, I thought, did a good job to stop the bleeding. It wasn't like it was bleeding profusely when the do- ju- doctor was looking at it and we couldn't get it to stop, the ble- stop bleeding. I would have taken into the count that this is the, uh, the uh, main event in New York and I'm fighting a Diaz brother who bleeds every single time you fight. Every, but both Diaz brothers, they bleed every time they fight. So I would have taken that into an account if I was the doctor. Dan Mergliata was very upset. They stopped the fight. He shook his head. He said something to Jorge and Nate. It is out of his hands. Uh, Nate kept saying, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. The doctor called it, right? Doctor got booed. I even text, tweeted out that the doctor's probably going to get murdered tonight. Um, kind of anticlimactic. Dana White kind of was happy. He said, listen, I cut worse than people think. You know, it's a little anticlimactic, right? We wanted to see kind of like a, maybe a knockout or, or Jorge keeps going out there. Maybe even Nate come back to win. It would be an electric. It would blow the roof off the fucking place. It is what it was. It is what it is. But, um, you know, I you know I probably wouldn't have stopped it. I don't necessarily agree with the decision because I know who I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with fucking Nate Diaz. I know that a little cut's not going to bother him. You know what I mean? He gets cut every fight and, and uh, you know, it is what it is. But... All that aside, Jorge Masvidal looked fantastic. I thought Nate looked pretty good too. I thought Nate looked, you know, very hittable. His defense was a little off, and and it looked like he was trying to really work the clinch, kind of like we did with Pettis. Um, I feel like he would have done a little bit better if he would have stayed longer and, and boxed a little bit more. But um, you know, Jorge was beating up that body, dropped him on the body kick, cracking that head. I mean, Masvidal's boxing and his striking looked fantastic. He looked very explosive. He looked powerful in there. He looked strong. He looked like his cardio didn't give up. I picked Diaz only based on the fact that I thought fourth, fifth, third, fourth, fifth round, his cardio was going to take over and he might have got Masvidal out of there or maybe even won a decision on winning those three rounds. But Masvidal looked fantastic. And he's electric post-fight, right? He's electric post-fight. I want to play a little clip. Um, obviously, whenever someone wins a big fight, they they immediately ask about Connor. And uh, I'm a Connor guy. And I loved his response here, uh, George Masvidal. So, listen to George. Been asked Conor McGregor said that he is going to come back January 18th. Upon Dana he's eating pizza right now. To what? To MMA, to the UFC. What do you mean, like fighting in the cage? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That dude's been talking wild for a what second. If he fights and gets a victory, and he wants this, and some of you motherfuckers are mean, man, because you know what the fuck I'll do to that little dude, bro. I'll f*** that little guy up, man. He's a f- Dana White. President of this motherfucking company said I'm too much man for him. I get it why people want to see him hurt for the stunts he's been pulling. But he don't want this shit. He's just talking so he can get his name out there. He was. Whoa. That was. I mean, that's, that's a milestone right there, man. That's, that's just. Woo. 
get your get your juices going. Woo! I love Connor. I love that fight. Uh, I don't think Connor's too small for Masvidal. I mean, listen, Masvidal fought most of his career at fifty five. Connor's a bigger fifty five. I don't think Connor looks great at seventy. At least he did it against Nate. But Masvidal's not a six one fucking lanky guy like Nate is, right? I mean, he's a thicker guy. He's put on some muscle. He's strong. He's you know good size for one seventy, but. I don't think he's bigger and, and too big for Connor at 170. Connor's kind of kind of said on Twitter that he wants a, he you know he's sponsored by Burger King as Burger King for three piece and a soda. He's called for the winner of this. Uh, Masada went on and said he was rooting for Nate or Connor was rooting for Nate because he wanted Nate, not me. You know I don't know, but I, I just I mean Masada's electric, right? Masada's electric. I can't turn around and put him as one of my guys. I do root for him. I think it's like a little too late, right? I mean, he's already a star. And if I turn around, I'm just like a star fucker at that point. Like, I, I got to see guys early and be like, oh, okay, that this is my guy. Like, Connor was my guy before the Marcus Bremens fight. And then he just transformed to the biggest star in the world. And it just so happens he's my guy. I love Connor McGregor. I do. I mean, it's too, it, it's too lame to be like, oh, I love Connor because he's the biggest star in the world. But no, the guy's electric. MMA's better when he's around. Um, the pre-fight, his pre-fight buildup with anybody is always the best. It gets everyone involved. He's an exciting fighter. People forget that he's a real deal exciting fighter. Yes, he lost to Khabib Nagamadov, but who, who has, who, no one's beats Khabib. Um, but he's an exciting guy, and he gets in there with another guy who stands up. I mean, it's going to be very interesting. Jorge's not looking for a takedown in that fight. If they fight, Jorge's not looking for a fucking takedown. Uh, Donald Cerrone's not going to look for a fucking takedown if, if that's who he's fighting. Gaethje sure said not going to look for a takedown. There's a lot of people uh, that Connor should fight. I think he should fight Gaethje. I want to see the Gaethje fight. If he beats Gaethje, then I think you can give him a shot of Tony Khabib winner. And then if he doesn't beat Gaethje, then maybe you, he can move up. And, you know, he's going to take some time off, move up. I don't know. If he doesn't win his next fight, there's some problems. I'm going to be the first to admit it. But with that being said, Connor's a fucking star. He's a le- he's a rock star. I just I love the guy. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm I can't say too many bad things about him because uh, I do really uh, really like Conor McGregor and uh, a Jorge Masvidal Conor McGregor fight. They could sell the shit out of that, the shit out of that. But um yeah, so that's it. I mean, I just kind of wanted to talk to you guys about uh about um about fucking uh, uh, uh um about the pay per view. That we just all witnessed. And uh, so we did. We did it, guys. UFC 244, incredible. And um, yeah, what else to say? Huh? I, I could go all night, right? I could talk all night about the pay-per-view. It looked incredible. Um, you know, I'm not the best matchmaker. Like after um, after uh, a pay-per-view, I know certain matchups. But I love to just see how it unfolds, right? And then I love to judge the people or the UFC when they make a bad matchup, in my opinion. Like, oh, you shouldn't have done that, you fucking morons. Um, yep, so that's the show. Just a quick recap of UFC 244. I wanted to get this out to you guys. Amazing stuff. Uh, UFC Russia this weekend, Moscow. Great main event. Main card is okay. Greg Hardy's on there, so, you know, whatever. Um, don't know if I'm going to do a podcast for that or not. I probably will, because I'll probably be all geeked up for it. Um, but I'm definitely going to do, like, a maybe a little video thing. I know I'm going to keep putting my face out there and make myself even more embarrassed, but I got to start getting winners out there. Okay. I got to start blocking out the record of all the fucking losers I got. But listen, this is a piece of advice to you. This is the only thing, not the only thing, but this is one of the things. If you listen to the podcast and you watch the videos that you got to have a leg up on everybody else, whatever video I make and whatever fighter I pick, maybe pick the opposite, right? Cause I'm, I'm a fucking jinx. 
I'm cursing every guy I pick at this point. If I pick you and I tag you on Instagram just to get a little shine, just get a little get a little clout my way, and you know, that's a death sentence. I don't want to death sentence any of these guys. I like these guys. That's why I'm picking them. So I'm gonna have to break down the rest of the card. I've only looked at it a little bit, um, but we'll get into the weeds on that. Um, and I'm gonna leave you guys with that. So incredible show, incredible weekend. Uh, God, UFC 244 was electric. UFC 245. Whew, whoa. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Colby and, and Usman later, uh, building out for that fight. But three fights on that card: Petrianovich, Dwight Faber, yeesh. Josie Aldo versus Marlon Moraes, yeesh. And then the three title fights, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll get into all that in the, in the coming weeks. Very excited for that. And uh, yeah, so I will talk to you gentlemen, ladies, whoever next week. All right. So I will leave you with some Neil Diamond. And it don't seem so lonely. We fill it up with only two. And when I heard Hurting runs off my shoulders How can I hurt when holding you? Warm Touching warm Reaching 